So you join us in the Victory Club after not a victory for Sunderland against Oxford. It's Matthew Keelan here and we're joined by Mickey Loff and Chris Weatherspoon. Good evening, gents. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, so it's a new season, a new formation, new signings, and absolutely nothing has changed. How do we feel about that then? Michael? I'm fuming. I'm fuming as well, but would you like to elaborate slightly? So if we're going to transition from fume to Denver fume, um, I, I think we were talking at the bar before obviously we started recording this about how has he gone from being our third choice left back to suddenly the answer to playing left wing back in this system. And I think that's the main takeaway from the day, that 3-5-2 just does not work given the players that we've got. I think, I think like, all right, okay, fair enough. Like, he's got this new system he wants to put in. He's, he's obviously he's experimented with it all summer, but you know, like, this system massively, massively relies on having two wing backs, yeah. and we don't have two wing backs. Yeah, two actual wing backs who've played wing back before. We've, we've just said Obiero go and we can debate till we're blue in the face whether we had to do that or not. At the end of the day, he would fit this system. Now, nothing today from Denver Hume suggests he would. To be fair to the lad, I actually. Look, he was terrible in the first half. I actually felt a bit bad for him, and it, it's not the crowd's fault either. But obviously, the crowd are getting frustrated. But it was always with him, sort of thing, because it, because it was him making the mistakes and that. And because he was the only one on that side, he was so isolated, and it was so blatantly obvious that it was breaking down every every time it went in. Also, um, with him playing at left wing back as opposed to left back, he's got no natural cover in front of him. Yes, of so, 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 so he's exposed both from an attacking sense and from a defensive point of view yes, as well. No. So basically, the, obviously this is a very simplistic point to make, but the basic idea of football is to nullify as many weaknesses as possible and extenuate any strengths that you have. But we're playing the system, which I think negates our strengths as a team. And just as I say, it, it exposes our weaknesses, so it's completely self-defeating. I, it, for me, it just seems bizarre we, we've got we, we, we've recruited players over the summer to, to fill obvious to fill obvious issues we had last season to fill gaping holes we had last season to address problems that we were experiencing last season and we've we've put them in a system which doesn't suit any of them for me for me one of the big for me one of the big problems was like de- defensively last year this, I think this bloke wants to be on the podcast oh, so mate, us, like, he doesn't need to tune in later does he um, I've completely lost our no um, <laughs> basically we were, uh, we were um, the problem last year was we couldn't, we couldn't keep clean sheet couldn't yeah. we, like, and no matter how many times we rely on the clock and that team's always gone in now we've got three centre-halves there today and I don't think we looked any stronger at all if anything I thought we looked even less comfortable like we look I, I thought defensively we looked terrible from set pieces especially I'll be honest I do th- I'll have to say it back I thought for their goal I thought Willis was fouled off the ball when he's trying to come across but they'd opened us up before that they opened us up after that like it's just it was so it, I think the formation was all wrong I think the manager got it all wrong but as well as that I think we got they were the better pass inside there today. They they passed the ball a million times better than we did there today. And we we can we can bang on and on and on and see okay like we've got McGeady on the bench or whatever. That team should be good enough to pass teams off the park. Like everyone was seeing Ox. Sorry, everyone was everyone was seeing before this game that Oxford might be like relegation candidates. Well, I tell you what, like we're in big trouble if that's the case. If, if I know it's a new system, it might take time to bet in, but that was not a good start that night. Sorry, my few no, words. No, no, no. I just think um, in possession, 
that system doesn't suit us at all because the amount of times that we gave a ball away so Willis came to the club with a reputation of being very comfortable on the ball he gave a ball away countless times at the back so that suggests that it's a, it's a deeper rooted problem than the simple fact that he was giving the ball away because McGeek was as well and again the one thing you say about Dylan McGeek he's a very competent passer of the ball so that suggests that the players aren't making the right runs for them they're not moving off the ball so as I say it's a lot um, kind of more worrying because kind of the superficial issue of we were giving the ball away it was the manner in which we were giving the ball away and the way that the moves were breaking down and we were leaving ourselves exposed to like the counter attack all the time no I I agree so you you touched on it there so you you played Dylan McGeek to to control the midfield to to keep hold of the ball and move it if he's not doing that he's a waste of time being on because that that's his game he, there's no real yeah he, he may well spot I'll, I'll get pillars for this because people will come in and go oh well no he's, he's made goals before that's not his game his game is not to be a spark you might you may well get a goal from a pass that's originated six or seven passes before his but uh, sorry after his that's not his game though so if he's not keeping the ball and moving it quickly and retaining possession he might as well not be on the pitch not not I don't think he had a bad game, I have to say. Again, though, so what you're kind of, you've kind of developed the point I made earlier that we've got strengths in the team, obvious strengths, but we're not playing to those strengths. Yeah. So that's why I just can't get my head around this system. Well, as you say, McGeek has such uh, not only a key role, but such an obvious role yes, within the like team. A defined role. In the... I've got to say, I don't know about you, but I was watching it, and there was times to me it didn't look like McGeek was the one who was playing as the deeper of the three. It looked like, it looked like he put Dobson there, which I couldn't understand because we're told that Dobson's this lad who moves the ball quickly. He, he like he drives up and that. Whereas there was t- there was a point, I think it was in the first half, where the two. There was uh, Flanagan and Willis were basically passing it between each other. And nobody came short for it. I looked for where McGee was. McGee was in there half, and I'm like, surely he, he must have been told to go there. He 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 should be he in front be of them too. Like, he should be picking the ball up there. But there was just I I was watching it, and it it just felt to me like the team wasn't linked up like you had your three defenders they're one unit you had your wing backs by themselves basically you had your three midfield they were separate then you had the two up top yeah. and, it, and none of it felt linked up it never felt like they were all they all knew what they were meant to be doing uh, Dob- Dobson I just I made, I made this point earlier and a, a few people in the group chat disagreed with me Dobson had to me the performance that Luke O9 had in midfield against Charlton last season where he was just anonymous. The, the goal, I know it's a heavy touch from McLaughlin, but was it a good ball? By no, Dobson, Do- Dobson gave the goal away, uh, for me. McLaughlin will get the blame because it's a heavy touch and he's the one who gets dispossessed, but it, it's a bad ball, yeah. you shouldn't be playing the ball there. No, I agree. I mean, this is the thing, we created so many of our own problems, so it wasn't just a system, so we had a time in the second half where McLaughlin was forced to put the ball, see John McLaughlin, the keeper, was forced to put the ball out for a corner because he got given the ball in such an awful position that he couldn't risk going long or trying to play around the striker who was trying to close him down. Yeah. And that's, that basically just encapsulates what we did today, we just dug our own holes and our own graves all afternoon long. I think there were, there were, the, the system we played today, there were... There were there were players in positions that were more uncomfortable than I was in the sun sitting in the east stand to be fair but I mean you're saying that you've got two gingers on the podcast you're not getting any sympathy from me mate so. uh, you weren't sitting in the sun mate so Chris was there's a reason we're doing this inside and then I'll have to but no I just I think like looking at more widely like I said before the game like I know it's the first game of the season so to say it's a must win sounds ridiculous but if we want to if we want to be getting up we'll, we'll not talk about the infamous 100 points only 99 points to go, everybody. 
Ryan but um, if we want to be going up they, these are games we need to be winning we need to be winning like fair enough one one away from home we'd probably go alright fair enough need, especially with three of the next four games are against teams that are going to be up there and I know I think Porto got beat today but well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. And it's just in a way, but... Exactly. So, three, like, so what happens? We get the end of August. We're playing five games. How many wins are we looking at? Like, I, I know that we're not necessarily going to play as badly as we did today, but it, today for me was like a game that needed to win. But you, you, I, I agree because you're saying it kind of alluded to the fact that say it's ridiculous to say it was a must-win to go up, but. We didn't win games like this last season, and what happened? We didn't go up. So I don't even think it's a must-win in the sense of um, the ultimate objective of getting promoted. I think it was a must-win and just getting everybody back on side and, kind of, and banishing the kind of ghosts and totally girls of last season. That's a good point because in, it only took about 20 minutes, mind, for people to get edgy, people to get nervous because we because people could see what was coming, people could see what was going on, and that's that's not a criticism thing because I was the same in the stands. I was watching, thinking, what the hell's going on here? And I think you bang on because people. Look at it, like it happens at every football club, half half of your Boltons and your berries for obvious reasons. But people in pre-season, everyone's optimistic, everyone, everyone's it's gonna be different this time, it's gonna be better. And like we said at the start, the problem there idea was new formation, four new players in the team. I think somebody said before the game there was only two people who started there today that start the playoff final. Yet the the issues were exactly the same ones that were the reason we didn't get up last season. Definitely, I think um as well, our kind of fear, I mean, I'm not saying we will go to Wisp, which and lose, I'm not saying that um, in a million years, but let's see what we do. And then do we have Portsmouth at home in the league after that? Well, so I just I just worry that them kind of the rocking set in really quickly because it's like you say, of a new season, people, they give them a chance and they say like a new season, new start and we try new ideas. But let's say that um, you go back to, to your local tonight and someone who is a Southern supporter, but for whatever reason hasn't been at the game today, and he says, oh, what was the match like? And everyone sat there going, shite, rubbish, useless, pathetic. He's not going to want to go for a Portsmouth game anyway. And then if we lose against Dipswich, he's going to be even less inclined. And then suddenly your 33,000s go down to 28, and then just not long before you're in quite a downward spiral, and you're down to our hardcore support that were there under Grayson and Coleman. It's so mad how quickly everything can change, and I think you made a great point, Chris, that if we don't um, get a sufficient number of wins in our first five or six games then people start thinking oh we're not going to get promoted this season and the negativity swarms around the club and then you're probably looking at another manager I'd suggest if we uh, did have as much of a slow start I would agree I, 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 I think the, ma- the manager today for me has left himself wide open for criticism but the, uh, I'm not a disclaimer I'm not f- for a minute saying he should be sacked also, or pebbled even, even if we do have a slow start I'm not one for sacking Jack Ross and they changing the manager but that system today and the decision making and even some even a couple of the substitutions Lyndon Gooch for all he looked uncomfortable at right wing back was our best player today in my opinion and it's in the second half and then to bring up hard it was just a strange day Thing as well, though he didn't even he didn't even keep faith with his new system for the full nine minutes. No, no. Because we changed, which we went to fall at the back by the end of the time. Desperation, right? So, sorry. The problem is though. He made the rod for his back. I agree because in order to get the best out of Ian McGeady, you've got to go to a four. You, you can't really play in McGeady in a 3-5-2 because where do you slot them in? Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. So, so he knows whether you're winning 3-0, whether you're getting beat 3-0, that if you want to change, make a substitution, you've got to make three changes to um, accommodate your system that you've started with. So I just don't really understand how that's um, helpful, really. The thing is, like, like obviously, I don't... 
I know we're saying, um, what's the matter, Forrester scored. I thought just the, the, the player who scored, he looked absolutely raged. Um, so. Great. Anyway. Sorry about that. Um, um, no, but I think, like, look, last season, I mean, we all agreed, we got told, if you, get, if you think we're just going to walk through this league, then we've got another thing coming. I don't think anybody did think we were going to walk through this league last year. We still had another thing coming, but, you know, like, but I, I think, the, like, because we'll get people coming out and we'll get people saying, oh, look, it's the first game of the season. It's going to take time to bet in. It's going to take this. It's going to take that. At the end of the day, you need to have a bit of arrogance about you. And the, the fact of the matter is, if we act like, I said this before, and people agree, if you act like a League One club, you're going to end up like a League One club. And this this football club can't do that. Well, this football club needs to get out of this division this year. We, we have to, like, it's the first game of the season, obviously. We have to get promoted this season. Otherwise, we will be uh, we will be here for years because it's like everybody can bang on about sustainability all the like. You could not. There's a reason no other club in this division has a 48,000 seat stadium. We can level out in the championship. We can't level out here. I would say we're even struggling to level out in the championship. The infrastructure here is for a Premier League football club. So my, I think my suggestion would be is that it, it is um, quite arrogant. But if you if you're the manager of Sunderland DFC and you're not in the top flight, your objective is to get promoters. Well, he, said, he, he said he said when he first came in, I think I think it might have been at the live talk actually, which was in October. He said his ultimate aim was to get this football club to the Premier League, and he said if he didn't do it, he felt like he would have failed. Yeah, we we failed last season. We 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 failed. It was a failure. We, we didn't get promoted. Let's be fair. It's not just on the manager. There's, there's no, all, but I think oh, no, to, no. for me for me to do it. I agree. I would, I would sack him. I'd give him time. But I think what you've said. The problem is we've now just put himself up against it from the off because it was it was him putting his stamp on things. It was him putting this new formation in, and we didn't even get the end of the game with it. No, no, just like, I, I, I raised sort of a. I don't know if I raised that on the pod last season or at the end of last season, but so we. The, the last season the first season in League One was for me was an opportunity to either build a team build a team to win promotion at, at, all, at all costs no style just basic, just route one we, we win the league and pedal the players or or there was a chance to build something from the, the bottom the, 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 and, start, and just fall short but you can see everything that was in place ready to go again we've done neither we've, we're just in total no man's land to me, to me last season I know we, Sorry, I, I know we said we were told we're not just going to walk through this league but I honestly believe that the expectation in some quarters within the club was that we were going to go through the league and and it hasn't happened and now it's like well hang on a minute what's the strategy and like you see this is this is the perfect opportunity now for Southern Football Club to build something get look at, look at how Liverpool have just won the Champions League by investing great so, no, no, but like, Champions League for us no but look at like teams like them teams like Brentford who are punching above the weight what do they do they invest in like data and all that sort of thing or you do what like Southampton did when they come down here and you go right we'll go balls out with the academy we'll put the, we'll put the kids in and we're going to do it properly whereas what we seem to have done it's just a mishmash I think mate sorry I talked yeah. over you quite rudely <laughs> no so the um, 
the point of a point of the manager like Jack Ross is, like we said, to have a little bit of a, not a slow build, but to kind of try and rebuild things from the bottom, establish a style of football. And that's why um, it's, this is a concern for me, because the longer he's had, and I think Stephen's actually made this point quite a lot in the podcast, the longer he's had to put his stamp on the team, things seem to have regressed. The worse we've got. I think that's bad. I think the start of last season, you watched us, you could see that we were trying to play, and there was, there was a very, they wanted to get the ball forward quickly. It helped that they had Madger, who was a perfect centre forward for him. Since he's gone, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's got, it's regressed and it's gone back and it's gone back and it's gone back. And today it was him attempting to put his stamp on it again in a different way, and but it hasn't worked. Like it hasn't worked today, and I'm I'm very skeptical. Unless unless they get a left full a left wing back in, and I would even argue. I know Gooch certainly in the second half. Gooch is the best best yeah, player. Yeah, that wasn't because of where he was playing. No, that wasn't because of where he was playing. It was because he was the only one making something happen. I think unless they fill the gaps there, mind. This, this formation is not going to work. So your point about Madger, I think that segues very nicely onto the Will Grigg conundrum. For me, the whole point of this pre-season should have been how do we get the best out of Will Grigg? Because we've got an asset here who has never failed to deliver 15 goals a season in League One in his career. Welcome to Sunderland, Will Grigg. But this is the thing. So, but now he looks isolated. Yeah, he he does. looks. And, and to be fair, I think we had a little bit of a debate again before we came on air. So you said that you feel Will Grigg needs to do more. I, I, I'm not sure what more we can actually do. I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I'm inclined to agree with Mickey here. Like, look, I'm not. I'm not saying he's like pulling any trees up or anything. I think I think there is the on time and I'm like maybe maybe he's could have got his foot in there or whatever but I'll be honest I think he spent so much time isolated there was one there was two points today where him and McNulty joined up there was one in the first five minutes when uh, Mc, I think it was him anyway but McNulty had that shot and then the second half they combined down the left hand side and he wasn't fair enough he wasn't quick enough to get I mean, on the end he should have been in a box there see I, I'm not I I'm not I'm not having a dig at Will Grigg for no reason I'm not like I, I, I empathise totally with this. I think what the problem is, to me anyway, and look, I, I said it at the time, and I'm not going to say I was the only one who said it at the time, because quite a few people said it at the time. To me, oh, let's probably equalise. Great. Um, to me, <laughs> to, to me, that was a signing that was made without any sort of consideration of how he was going to fit in. Someone's look. People have looked at his goals record, haven't they? Like. People have looked at the goals record of him, yeah, and they've did the same with Charlie White last season. If if they look at his goals record and they say he's going to fit into how we play, fine, I don't have a problem with that. But there was nothing. I know he was injured. We talked about this on Thursday, on, uh, on Thursday night. He was injured. There was extenuating circumstances, but there was there was nothing last season that suggested we knew how to get the best out. There was nothing in pre-season. And there was nothing to do. So what disappoints me most is that. It just shows that have we really moved on? So I mean, obviously, I'm quite, um, I'm quite pleased with a lot of the work that Charlie Meffin and Stuart Donald have done since they've arrived at the football club. But and I know they're not responsible for recruitment, but we saw so many times over the years so that we signed like kind of maybe the right player but at the wrong time for the wrong system. So when we signed Fabio Barini, for example, Dick, Dick Avakar kept on referring to Lee Congleton's mate. 
when, when we're signing him because obviously Avakar wanted a big kind of like six foot two strike to hold the ball up and bring Jermaine Defoe into play and we gave him Fabio Barini to appease the fans when ironically 12 months previously Fabio Barini was a perfect signing given the system yeah. Poirier played yeah, yeah. and even so Will Grigg in the way reminds me of when we initially signed Jermaine Defoe now I argue Jermaine Defoe's Jermaine Defoe's signing actually cost Gus Poirier his job ultimately because he couldn't find a way to play him to fit him into his system Dick Avakar came in and that won the goal against Newcastle aside, Avakar didn't know what to do with him. He basically no, had a he's got four goals. He, he had him playing wing back, and it took Sam Allardyce, obviously who's um, a great pragmatist and does I don't think gets enough credit as a manager right. to actually get the best out of um, Jermaine Defoe. And I think we're going through a similar cycle with Will Grigg. I agree. We, we've ca- we've kind of seen them. Um, we've seen his record. We've seen the goals, and you think that's a great sign on paper. But I don't think there's actually such thing as guaranteed goals as a concept. I, I, I really don't. I, I think that's a great point. I think it's it's a great comparison actually to to Defoe, particularly joining halfway through the season, struggling for goals and just struggling generally to fit in. He just looks a bit lost. At the end of the day, like it was a panic buy. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. It was in the last, Will Grigg was in bed from the board. Like it was, it was eleven o'clock at night, whatever it was. It was a panic buy. It. it the hope was, like what you just said there before, Mickey, the hope was it spent the pre-season, um, um, the, <laughs> they spent the pre-season working out how to get the best out of him, working out, look, you've spent however many millions of quid on this striker, you need to get the best out of him, he's got, he's got a hell of a lot of expectation on him, and we're still, to me, I think, I said on Thursday night we've signed McNulty and I think we've signed him because apparently he's a good link player so I, I can see why they've done it but then the, the link then to the midfield though it just, I don't know, it just doesn't there's, seem to be working There's a big gap from it it just simply I, I could be right, it just we haven't played enough games we just haven't played enough games so, once again we're coming into the season not in a position of strength we're not prepared at all let's be honest, let's be honest the elephant in the room nothing started happening until the 1st of July yeah. nothing happened until the 1st that was when Catamore went that was when Donald Love went that was when players started oh, coming in but, but, but nothing happened did it and we can see we got told that this takeover wasn't affecting anything that we clearly did because nothing happened until the 1st of July we could do with this Akrington game being on Tuesday yeah is almost a pre-season game we're not going to win the Carabao Cup make, or whatever so, it's called now Netflix Cup superb but this discussion that we're having right now is the kind of discussion that you should be having after a pre-season friendly discussing like team last Saturday exactly well not even last Saturday because I would hope that you'd be fully prepared before your last pre-season friendly before our season shields for you yeah so for, I, for me this is a conversation you should be having in Portugal or after the South Shields game because, as I say, you should not be having teething problems in your system after you've had this whole summer to work on it. You made a good, really good point there indirectly as well. Truly, the team that starts your last pre-season game should be the team that starts your first game of the season. Yeah, so why were Fanny and on playing Kim Yorker on the wing last week and then not playing him? Yeah, but then Kim is not in the squad this week. And why? how was Max Power on the bench last week and not on the bench this week? By the way, fuming about that. Injury for him. Well, I just think I, I watched him today, and we haven't we haven't improved at all on last season. I think we can all agree on. That. I would agree. Absolutely. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree on that. We haven't improved on last season, and I think and I think to be perfectly honest with you, we haven't shown any method at all. No, no. Our, our passing, our passing today has been worse than what it was last season. We were outpassed by a side today. 
and for me, for my, for my, for my money, right? Not that I want to get rid of a manager because I don't want to get rid of a manager. The next three or four games is a very, very, it's a testing period for us because if it goes wrong, we could be looking, looking, looking for a new manager, mate. I would, I wouldn't disagree there. That was Ian, by the way, giving his views on. No, it's nice to have some old. Uh, nice to have some Weatherspoon. Well, I mean, is there is there an inferior with a spoon, Chris? Let's not be nasty here, Chris, because he's had enough to contend with. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I tell you, some of them I've touched on, and look, I think again, we'll we'll not go into the merits or otherwise of Lee Catterall even, but I thought today, I thought we were quite soft, and I I, I thought all last season we had issues with teams coming and being a bit niggly, being a bit bullying us here and there and I thought the day in the middle I thought we we'll looked quite soft I think they were just better than us in the middle of the day I, I think they were better but they've got a bit of like we've, we've been down here a year now so we've got no excuses for not knowing what teams are like and yet today we've still we've still got ourselves wound up like Gooch when when that lad was saying Gooch had kicked him in the head Gooch got himself all wound up and, and it's I mean, like he didn't touch him like no, he, did, he didn't touch him but at the end of the day that's exactly what these teams want that's, that's how they level the playing field because they know we should be better than them so what do they do they waste a bit of time the nudges in the back they, they do what like I say I still think it was a foul for their goal they do stuff like that and because let's be honest the referees in this league are diabolical the lines were they are, well, apparently I was told today that, that referee I could be wrong that was his first football league game was that correct I mean it showed because he was appalling <laughs> We know this, and we need to get a bit wiser. Like to me, I thought, and he might, he might turn out to be. I, I think to be fair, he got left isolated a few times today. But I thought Willis was a bit of our equivalent of like get a bit of a bit of a shit out of him, and he'll, he'll nudge people off the ball. He'll do this. And I'll be honest, look sit next to him at the match said today he thought. Oz Turk was unlucky not to get picked. Agree. I, I, I'd have him over Flanagan. Flanagan, Flanagan's terrible. Honestly, he's just... He's, he's too weak. He's far too weak. He, he's, he's not strong enough. And he's positionally as well. Positionally, he's rubbish. I think I think Chris touched on them a really interesting thing before about how he talked about um, other teams kind of um, forgive niggly fouls, a time waste in the warm-up pretty much. Um, but I think we keep on shifting the goalposts to give ourselves excuses almost. So last season it was um, early on. It was all oh, well. We're not quite used to the league yet, and we'll start. Yeah, and we'll start flying once we get Jack Ross's system in place. And then it was all oh, well. Now we've got in um, Will Grigg, who's a proven striker. This level after Madge's left, we're now going to start scoring the goals. And then we we just as I say, we keep shifting the goalposts to give ourselves um, other people to blame. Yeah. And I think we need to take ownership of our own feelings and find a solution to it, rather than just saying, "Oh well, the bigger boys are bullying us." That's the thing. And to be fair, I, I don't. I, I've got different views on the, some of the outgoings this summer, but I said I said on Thursday night on the podcast I said the incomings, from what I, from what I've read about them, from what I know about them, I, c- I can't knock them. They've, they've, they've filled the gaps that they needed to, apart from the fullbacks. They've they've got in in Willis. They've got a bit of pace at the back. They've got a link player in McGulley and that. So ultimately, like, I, I'm loath to kind of criticise the manager and say they should sack the manager. That's all I'm saying. But I think, in fairness, like. 
I, I don't think it's been ideal. I think the Honeyman situation is still very. I'm still not convinced that that was all that 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 was in the plan. I imagine if you asked Jack Ross's team at the start of the last week, George Honeyman was probably. I don't think team. I don't think a goalkeeper being captain's the answer either. Personally, I'll be honest. I, I would have had him as captain. But oh well, of course. I think that's quite arbitrary. I just think there's there's certain things where, where Honeyman was was sort of criticised for last season for not influencing influencing the game enough when things are given against us for not getting involved enough. The goalkeeper's never going to get involved enough. Today, man, today, yet again, one of the problems in the middle of the park was we were just ponderous, and there's, pre- there's plenty of slights against George Honeyman. But one of the things he was never ponderous, and he would, he would, he would move himself, and he would move the ball quickly. And I think, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that George Honeyman plays today and will win that game of football, but I think, look. I think if Max Power plays, we win that game of football. No, you, you, you would think that. You, you, would, you would think if Max Power played by himself. Thought. You would have thought. You, you would have thought. <laughs> and although he's, um, he's, he's not a wing back, but Glenn Loomis is clearly an out and out winger. Well, Loomis so, 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 would come in. So, exactly. So if he'd come in for Shume today, that you would have thought. So, you would have thought. Yeah, yeah, I'd have said, he's going to send it into fast. I think we should probably wrap it up now with Glenn Loomis being talked of as the wing back for next week. So Loomis will come in for insight, you would have thought. Well ending would come in for doing the podcast you would have thought so thanks for listening um we've been chaotic i guess (laughs)